Act Four of the History of King Lear by Nahum Tate. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Four, Scene One, A Grotto, Edmund and Regan amorously seated, listening to music. Why were those beauties made another's right which none can prize like me? Charming queen, take all my blooming youth, forever fold me in those soft arms, lull me in endless sleep that I may dream of pleasures too transporting for life to bear. Live, live, my Gloucester, and feel no death but that of swooning joy. I yield thee blisses on no harder terms than that thou continue to be happy. This jealousy is yet more kind. Is't possible that I should wander from a paradise to feed on sickly weeds? Such sweets live here that constancy will be no virtue in me. Aside. And yet must I forthwith go to meet her sister, to whom I must protest as much. Suppose it be the same. Why, best of all, and I have then my lesson ready conned. Wear this remembrance of me. I dare now. Gives him a ring. Absent myself no longer from the duke, whose wound grows dangerous, I hope mortal. And let this happy image of your Gloucester. Pulling out a picture, drops a note. Lodge in that breast where all his treasure lies. Exit. To this brave youth a woman's blooming beauties are due. My fool usurps my bed. What's here? Confusion on my eyes. Reads. Where merit is so transparent, not to behold it were blindness, and not to reward it ingratitude. Goneril. Vexatious accident! Yet fortunate, too. My jealousy's confirmed, and I am taught to cast for my defence. Enter an officer. Now, what mean those shouts, and what thy hasty entrance? A most surprising and a sudden change. The peasants are all up in mutiny, and only want a chief to lead them on to storm your palace. On what provocation? At last day's public festival, to which the yeomen from our quarters had repaired, old Gloucester, whom you late deprived of sight, his veins yet streaming fresh, presents himself, proclaims your cruelty and their oppression, with the king's injuries, which so enraged them, that now that mutiny, which long had crept, takes wing and threatens your best powers. White-livered slave! Our forces raised and led by valiant Edmund shall drive this monster of rebellion back to her dark cell. Young Gloucester's arm allays the storm his father's feeble breath did raise. Exit. Scene two. The field. Scene. Enter Edgar. The lowest and most abject thing of fortune stands still in hope and is secure from fear. The lamentable change is from the best. The worst returns to better. Who comes here? Enter Gloucester, led by an old man. My father poorly led, deprived of sight, 
the precious stones torn from their bleeding rings something i heard of this inhumane deed but disbelieved it as an act too horrid for the hot hell of a cursed woman's fury when will the measure of my woes be full revenge thou art afoot success attend thee well have i sold my eyes if the event prove happy for the injured king oh my good lord i have been your tenant and your father's tenant these fourscore years away get thee away good friend be gone thy comforts can do me no good at all thee they may hurt you cannot see your way i have no way and therefore want no eyes i stumbled when i saw o oh, dear son edgar the food of thy abused father's wrath might i but live to see thee in my touch i'd say i had eyes again alas he's sensible that i was wronged and should i own myself his tender heart would break betwixt the extremes of grief and joy oh no who's there a charity for poor tom play fair and defy the foul fiend o oh gods and must i still pursue this trade aside trifling beneath such loads of misery tis poor mad tom in the late storm i such a fellow saw which made me think a man a worm where is the lunatic here my lord get thee now away if for my sake thou wilt or take us hence a mile or two in the way toward dover do it for ancient love and bring me some covering for this naked wretch whom i'll entreat to lead me alack my lord he's mad what oh, is the time's plague when madmen lead the blind do as i bid thee i'll bring him the best peril that i have come on what will exit sirrah naked fellow poor tom's a cold i cannot fool it longer and yet i must bless thy sweet eyes they bleed believed poor tom even weeps his blind to see them knowst thou the way to dover both stile and gate horseway and footpath poor tom has been scared out of his good wits bless every true man's son from the foul fiend here take this purse that i am wretched makes thee the happier heaven deal so still thus let the griping usurer's hoard be scattered so distribution shall undo excess and each man have enough dost thou know dover ay master there is a cliff whose high and bending head looks dreadfully down on the roaring deep bring me but to the very brink of it and i'll repair the poverty thou bearest with something rich about me from that place i shall no leading need
Give me thy arm. Poor Tom shall guide thee. Soft, for I hear the tread of passengers. Enter Kent and Cordelia. Ah, me! Your fear's too true. It was the king. I spoke but now with some that met him, as mad as the vexed sea, singing aloud, crowned with rank femider and furrow weeds, with berries, burdocks, violets, daisies, poppies, and all the idle flowers that grow, and our sustaining corn. Conduct me to him, to prove my last endeavours to restore him, and heaven so prosper thee. I will, good lady. Ha! Gloucester here. Turn, poor dark man, and hear a friend's condolement, who at sight of thine forgets his own distress, thy old true Kent. How, Kent, from whence returned? I have not since my banishment been absent, but in disguise followed the abandoned king. Twas me thou sawst with him in the late storm. Oh, let me embrace thee! Had I eyes, I now should weep for joy. But let this trickling blood suffice instead of tears. O oh, misery! To whom shall I complain, or in what language? Forgive, O oh, wretched man, the piety that brought thee to this pass. Twas I that caused it. I cast me at thy feet and beg of thee to crush these weeping eyes to equal darkness, if that will give thee any recompense. Aside. Was ever season so distressed as this? I think Cordelia's voice. Rise, pious princess, and take a dark man's blessing. Oh, my Edgar, my virtue's now grown guilty, works the bane of those that do befriend me. Heaven forsakes me, and when you look that way it is but just that you should hate me too. O oh, wave this cutting speech, and spare to wound a heart that's on the rack. No longer cloud thee, Kent, in that disguise. There's business for thee, and of noblest weight. Our injured country is at length in arms, urged by the king's inhuman wrongs and mine, and only want a chief to lead em on. That task be thine. Aside. Brave Britons, then there's life and yet. Then have we one cast for our fortune yet. Come, princess, I'll bestow you with the king. Then on the spur to head these forces. Farewell, good Gloucester, to our conduct trust. And be your cause as prosperous as tis just. Exeunt. Scene three. Goneril's palace. Enter Goneril, attendants. It was great ignorance, Gloucester's eyes being out to let him live. Where he arrives, he moves all hearts against us. Edmund, I think, is gone in pity to his misery to dispatch him. No, madam, he's returned on speedy summons, back to your sister. Ha! I like not that. Such speed must have the wings of love. Where's Albany? Madam, within, but never man so changed. I told him of the uproar of the peasants. He smiled at it when I informed him of Gloucester's treason. Trouble him no further. It is his coward spirit. Back to our sister. Hasten her musters, 
and let her know I have given the distaff into my husband's hands. That done, with special care deliver these dispatches in private to young Gloucester. Enter a messenger. O oh, madam, most unreasonable news! The Duke of Cornwall's dead of his late wound, whose loss your sister has in part supplied, making brave Edmund general of her forces. One way I like this well. But being widow and my Gloucester with her, may blast the promised harvest of our love. A word more, sir. Add speed to your journey. And if you chance to meet with that blind traitor, preferment falls on him that cuts him off. Exeunt. Scene four. Field scene. Gloucester and Edgar. When shall we come to the top of that same hill? We climb it now. Mark how we labour. Methinks the ground is even. Horrible steep. Hark, do you hear the sea? No, truly. Why then your other senses grow imperfect by your eyes anguish so may it be indeed methinks thy voice is altered and thou speak'st in better phrase and matter than thou didst you are much deceived in nothing am i altered but in my garments methinks you are better spoken come on sir here's the place how fearful and dizzy tis to cast one's eyes so low the crows and coughs that wing the midway air show scarce so big as beetles. Halfway down hangs one that gathers sampire, dreadful trade. The fishermen that walk upon the beach appear like mice, and yon tall anchoring bark seems lessened to her cock, her cock a boy almost too small for sight. The murmuring surge cannot be heard so high. I look no more lest my brain turn and the disorder make me tumble down headlong. Set me where you stand. You are now within a foot of the extreme verge, for all beneath the moon I would not now leap forward. Let go my hand. Here, friend, is another purse, in it a jewel well worth a poor man's taking. Get thee further bid me farewell and let me hear thee going fare you well sir that i do trifle thus with this his despair is with design to cure it thus mighty gods this world i do renounce and in your sight shake my afflictions off if i could bear em longer and not fall to quarrel with your great opposeless wills my snuff and feebler part of nature should burn itself out if edgar live oh bless him now fellow fare thee well gone sir and yet i know not how conceit may rob the treasury of life had he been where he thought by this had thought been passed alive or dead ho oh, sir friend hear you sir speak thus might he pass indeed 
yet he revives. What are you, sir? Away and let me die. Hadst thou been aught but gossamer feathers air, falling so many fathom down, thou hadst shivered like an egg. But thou dost breathe, hast heavy substance, bleeds not, speak'st, art sound, thy lives a miracle. But have I fallen or no? From the dread summit of this chalky bourne, look up and height. The shrill tuned lark so high cannot be seen or heard. Do but look up. Alack, I have no eyes. Is wretchedness deprived that benefit to end itself by death? Give me your arm. Up so, how is't? Feel you your legs? You stand? Oh, too well, too well. Upon the crow of the cliff, what thing was that which parted from you? A poor, unfortunate beggar. As I stood here below, methought his eyes were two full moons, wide nostrils breathing fire. It was some fiend. Therefore, thou happy father, think that dull powerful gods who make them honours of men's impossibilities have preserved thee. Oh, tis wonderful. Henceforth I'll bear affliction till it expire. The goblin which you speak of, I took it for a man. Oft times twould say, the fiend, the fiend, he led me to that place. Bear free and patient thoughts, but who comes here? Enter Lear, a coronet of flowers on his head, wreaths and garlands about him. No, no, they cannot touch me for coining. I am the king himself. O oh, piercing sight! Nature's above art in that respect. There's your press money. That fellow handles his bow like a cow-keeper. Draw me a clothier's yard. A mouse, a mouse. Peace, ho! Oh. There's my gauntlet. I'll prove it on a giant. Bring up the brown bills. Oh, well-flown, bird, i' the white, i' the white. Phew! Give the word. Sweet marjoram. Pass. I know that voice. Ha! Goneril with a white beard. They flattered me like a dog, and told me I had white hairs on my chin before the black ones were there. To say I and no to everything that I said, I and no, too, was no good divinity. When the rain came once to wet me, and the winds to make me chatter, when the thunder would not peace at my bidding, there I found em, there I smelt em out, go to, they are not men of their words. They told me I was a king, tis a lie, I am not argue-proof. That voice I well remember, is't not the king's? Ay, every inch a king. When I do stare, see how the subject quakes. I pardon that man's life. What was the cause? Adultery? Thou shalt not die. Die for adultery? The wren goes toot, and the small gilded fly engenders in my sight. Let copulation thrive. For Gloucester's bastard son was kinder to his father than were my daughters got i' the lawful bed. Toot luxury, pell-mell, for I lack soldiers. 
oh not all my sorrows past so deep have touched me as these sad accents sight were now a torment behold that simpering lady she that starts at pleasure's name and thinks her ear profaned with the least wanton word would you believe it the fitcher nor the pampered steed goes to it with such a riotous appetite down from the waist they are centaurs though women all above but to the girdle do the gods inherit beneath is all the fiends there's hell there's darkness the sulphurous unfathomed fie fie pah an ounce of civet good apothecary to sweeten my imagination there's money for thee let me kiss that hand let me wipe it first it smells of mortality speak sir do you know me i remember thy eyes well enough nay do thy worst blind cupid i'll not love read me this challenge mark but the penning of it were all the letters sons i could not see i would not take this from report wretched cordelia what will thy virtue do when thou shalt find this fresh affliction added to the tale of thy unparalleled griefs read what with this case of eyes oh ho are you there with me no eyes in your head and no money in your purse yet you see how this world goes i see it feelingly what art mad a man may see how this world goes with no eyes look with thy ears see how yon justice rails on that simple thief shake em together and the first that drops be it thief or justice is a villain thou hast seen a farmer's dog bark at a beggar ay sir and the man run from the cur there thou mightst behold the great image of authority a dog's obeyed in office thou rascal beadle hold thy bloody hand why dost thou lash that strumpet thou hotly lustest to enjoy her in that kind for which thou whipst her do do the judge that sentenced her has been beforehand with thee oh how stiff is my vile sense that yields not yet i tell thee the usurer hangs the cousiner through tattered robes small vices do appear robes and fur gowns hide all place sins with gold why there tis for thee my friend make much of it it has the power to seal the accuser's lips get thee glass eyes and like a scurvy politician seem to see the things thou dost not pull pull off my boots hard harder so so oh matter and impertinency mixed reason in madness if thou wilt weep my fortunes take my eyes i know thee well enough thy name is gloucester thou must be patient we came crying hither thou knowest the first time that we taste the air 
we wail and cry i'll preach to thee mark break laboring heart when we are born we cry that we are come to this great stage of fools enter two or three gentlemen o harrius lay hand upon him sir your dearest daughter sends no rescue what a prisoner i am even the natural fool of fortune use me well you shall have ransom let me have surgeons oh i am cut to the brains you shall have anything no seconds all myself i will die bravely like a smug bridegroom flushed and pampered as a priest's whore i am a king my masters know ye that you are a royal one and we obey you it were an excellent stratagem to shoe a troop of horse with felt i'll put in proof no noise no noise now will we steal upon these sons-in-law and then kill 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 exit running a sight most moving in the meanest wretch past speaking in a king now good sir what are you a most poor man made tame to fortune's strokes and prone to pity by experienced sorrows give me your hand you ever gentle gods take my breath from me and let not my ill genius tempt me more to die before you please enter goneril's gentleman usher a proclaimed prize o most happily met that eyeless head of thine was first framed flesh to raise my fortunes thou old unhappy traitor the sword is out that must destroy thee now let thy friendly hand put strength enough to it wherefore bold peasant there's thou support a published traitor hence lest i destroy thee too let go his arm shall not let go sir without further occasion let go slave or thou diest good gentlemen go your gate and let poor vote pass and should have been swaggered out of my life it would not have been so long as tis by a fortnight nay and thou comest near the old man i's try whether your costard or my ballow be the harder out dunghill shall pick your teeth sir come no matter for your vines slave thou hast slain me o untimely death i know thee well a serviceable villain as duteous to the vices of thy mistress as lust could wish what is he dead sit you sir and rest you this is a letter carrier and may have some papers of intelligence that may stand our party in good stead to know what's here takes a letter out of his pocket opens and reads to edmund earl of gloucester let our mutual loves be remembered you have many opportunities to cut him off if he return the conqueror then i am still a prisoner and his bed my jail from the loathed warmth of which deliver me and supply the place for your labour goneril a plot upon her husband's life 
and the exchange my brother here are the sands i'll rake thee up thou messenger of lust grieved only that thou hast no other deathsman in time and place convenient i'll produce these letters to the sight of the injured duke as best shall serve our purpose come your hand far off methinks i hear the beaten drum come sir i will bestow you with a friend exeunt scene five a chamber lear asleep on a couch cordelia and attendants standing by him his sleep is sound and may have good effect to cure his jarring senses and repair this breach of nature we have employed the utmost power of art and this deep rest will perfect our design o regan goneril inhumane sisters had he not been your father these white hairs had challenged sure some pity was this a face to be exposed against the jarring winds my enemy's dog though he had bit me should have stood that night against my fire he wakes speak to him madam do you tis fittest how does my royal lord how fares your majesty you do me wrong to take me out of the grave ah is this too a world of cruelty i know my privilege think not that i will be used still like a wretched mortal no no more of that speak to me sir who am i you are a soul in bliss but i am bound upon a wheel of fire which my own tears do scald like molten lead sir do you know me you are a spirit i know where did you die still still far wide madam he's scarce awake he'll soon grow more composed where have i been where am i fair daylight i am mightily abused i should e'en die with pity to see another thus i will not swear these are my hands oh look upon me sir and hold your hands in blessing o'er me nay you must not kneel pray do not mock me i am a very foolish fond old man fourscore and upward and to deal plainly with you i fear i am not in my perfect mind nay then farewell to patience witness for me ye mighty powers i never complain till now methinks i should know you and know this man yet i am doubtful for i am mainly ignorant what place this is and all the skill i have remembers not these garments nor do i know where i did sleep last night pray do not mock me for as i am a man i think that lady to be my child cordelia oh my dear dear father be your tears wet yes faith pray do not weep for i have given thee cause and am so humbled with crosses since that i could ask forgiveness of thee were it possible that thou couldst grant it 
but i am well assured thou canst not therefore i do stand thy justice if thou hast poison for me i will drink it bless thee and die o pity sir a bleeding heart and cease this killing language tell me friends where am i in your own kingdom sir do not abuse me be comforted good madam for the violence of his distempered past will lead him in nor trouble him till he is better settled will't please you sir walk into freer air you must bear with me i am old and foolish they lead him off the gods restore you hark i hear afar the beaten drum old kent's a man of's word oh for an arm like the fierce thunderers when the earth-born sun stormed heaven to fight this injured father's battle that i could shift my sex and die me deep in his opposer's blood but as i may with women's weapons piety and prayers i'll aid his cause you never erring gods fight on his side and thunder on his foes such tempest as his poor aged head sustained your image suffers when a monarch bleeds tis your own cause for that your succors bring revenge yourselves and right an injured king end of the fourth act